0: Zawada, and on this episode, we're talking underrated slashers, and a little Final Destination news. But first, did you see WrestleMania 38? What an extravaganza. The granddaddy of them all. No, we don't say that anymore. But did you watch Mania, two-nighter, two-night event? And why are we talking about it in Slasherville on our horror podcast? Well... The Undertaker, one of the best, biggest, most prolific horror wrestling characters in existence, was inducted in the Hall of Fame, uh, well-earned induction to the Hall of Fame. And it was exactly what you thought it would be. It was his night. He earned it. They're like, who else can we just put on the fucking card? Queen Charmel? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We don't want to overshadow undertaker. And they didn't Vader was also uh, inducted. He did not show up. Uh much to the chagrin of Nikki Bella. So maybe she's still out there looking for him. Maybe she can find him. Uh, Godspeed, Nikki. That was the funniest shit I've heard in a while. If you are not up to speed uh, on that situation, Vader has passed away. He passed away uh, years ago here. And Nikki Bella was talking about how he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and she couldn't wait to meet him and hear his stories and his good speeches. And these guys from this iconic era, they have so much wisdom to pass down and she couldn't wait to pick his brain. And he did. He did. So, whoops. Whoops. How do you not know that? Even, I I think, even when they're... Announced like we're going to be inducting Vader. I think they mentioned that they passed away. So I don't know how that one slipped under the radar for Nikki Bella, but that was just a little bit embarrassing. So, how about that for our, our horror podcast? Fucking Vader shows up. Now we got a story. Now we've got a story. But WrestleMania 38, whew, we're getting up there. We're getting up there, guys. It was in Texas, AT&T Stadium, Jerry World. We go into Jerry's World for a two-night event, and it was it was fun. You know, we, we like our wrestling in Slasherville. I have to talk a little Mania. Triple H came out. Well, cause he's hey, he had his heart issue, his heart incidents, and you know, he comes out, welcomes people to WrestleMania, thanks them for being there, thanks them for all their support and then he leaves his boots in the middle of the ring it's this iconic storytelling thing that, that they like to do and I love it too it's like a gunslinger leaving his his six shooters right there in the middle of the road I don't I don't need these anymore I don't need these anymore so he did the thing where he left his boots in the middle of the ring Cody Rhodes did that like a year ago on some bullshit because I don't know he was poutying and he lost a match. Ah, it's fucking Cody. Cody was also a WrestleMania spoilers, and it was uh, actually it was a pretty good match. It's a pretty good match. Cody Rhodes against Seth Freakin' Rollins. I think they're mandated to say the freaking every every time. It's Seth Freakin' Rollins, which is it's a fun little nickname I guess, little moniker you you slip that in. You know who I am? I'm Seth Freakin' Rollins. Like that's fine. I don't think the announcers need to call him freaking all the time. It's classic WWE stuff. But despite the issues and problems that WWE has, Mania was pretty damn entertaining. A little two-night event. We had some legends in the house besides Taker. Besides Taker, even though he was there both nights, which is good. You know, they always have that that class of the Hall of Fame appear on the stage and they wave and oh thank you i'm in the hall of fame and the 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 crowd the fans get to see these living legends invaders ghost and go wow i got get the pictures i I saw him i saw the undertaker and undertaker wasn't out there with the rest of the class no 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 this is taker he got his own little moment he said get them the fuck out of there before this pyro burns them alive like it did my brother kane Uh, so they got out and undertaker had his own moment. And he walked to one side of the stage so people could get their pictures and their moment. Then he went to the other side of the stage for those fans. And it was lovely. It was lovely. And they did that both nights. Now, I don't think on night two, the rest of the class came out, but they did repeat the Undertaker appearance, which you fucking gotta do. Could you imagine some for some reason... You, you were only able to attend night two of WrestleMania. And you're like, I hope he comes out. Shit, what if he doesn't? But then he did. Same thing with uh, another individual. Night one, we had uh, Kevin Owens, who single handedly carried a feud against Stone Cold Steve Austin, who never once showed up on Raw. I think he had one little pre tape promo thing. So you want to. Bad Mile, Texas, well, I'll see you there. Kevin Owens show, of a fight, I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm gonna be there. Otherwise, it was week after week after week of Kevin Owens talking shit and building this match up. And fuck, he got a good reward for it. First off, he just re-signed recently, so this is also his reward for that. But they had the Kevin Owens show Stone Cold comes out, and it's exactly what you think. You know, they're just gonna badmouth each other. He's gonna badmouth Texas, and Stone Cold's gonna get pissed. And Kevin says, "I'm also here for a fight for a match." And Austin said, "We'll get the ref, and we'll, we'll fucking fight." And they did. They had a little impromptu match at WrestleMania 38, Night One, and it was awesome. He uh, he's old, you know. Stone Cold comes out. You know, he goes to the left side of the stage and to the right side of the stage. And he was moving slower than The Undertaker when he did that fucking spot. He's old. Walked out. See his two knee braces. And when you saw the two knee braces, you knew. He's fighting tonight. You don't just wear the knee braces for fun. He was going to be in a match. So that was exciting to see. But he was looking old. He's just looking old. You know, he's what, 57? 57, 58 years old? But he has this impromptu match with Kevin Owens, and it was fun. It was a little brawl, fight, stomps a mud hole in him, and it was the first time that I've ever seen him stomp a mud hole in, into somebody's ass that was so slow that the fans counted along with it. I've never seen that. Stomp one, stomp two, stomp three, and you can see him looking up like, oh, that's interesting, never that, and then he picked up the pace and really started stomping that mud hole. I took it outside, took it to the crowd, fighting in the, with the fans, and the fans took a suplex, gave a suplex to Owens on the outside, took a suplex on the outside. That was the scariest part for me. That man's got a bad back and a bad neck, bad knee, ever, from top to bottom. It's bad. He spent some time in the gym the last year. You can see that. Good for him. I'm with you. But goddamn, I was scared for those super I was like, why? Why that? The only thing that I didn't get out of this Stone Cold match was a Luthas press. I said, okay. And he didn't do that, you know, bounce off the ropes. He does like a little fuck you middle finger shimmy. And then he drops like the elbow onto your face. He didn't do that either. Um, but we got the mud hole. We got some middle fingers. And we got the stunner. Oh, Kevin Owens must have been on cloud nine, getting to work a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're gonna sell for Steve. You're gonna bump for Steve tonight. And he did. Kevin Owens worked his ass off, took care of Steve, and it was it was awesome. The crowd fucking loved it. I loved it. My boys loved it. And it was it was a good time. Afterwards, you know, do, doing the beer. Gotta do the beer. Launching these Broken Skull IPA and the Broken Skull Pale Ale. So he's like, fuck yeah, we're getting this marketing in. And he puts the can right in the in the corner of the ring. He's like, all right, frame that up real good. And the cameraman did a good job of uh, making sure to get that. And I love it. Like when I was doing my pitch for Scary Ghostbusters, get that fucking... I almost said Broken Skull Vodka. <laughs> you get that Crystal Skull Vodka in there, to keep Aykroyd happy. If you're going to have Steve Austin, get his fucking beer out there. He I mean, the man has a, a spot that includes beer. Use his beer. And so so that was pretty cool. Love that. And uh yeah, but he was going to come out on night 2 as well. Like I said, could you imagine only going to night 2 and you're like I fucking missed the Steve Austin. It's in Texas. I'm from Texas, and I had a thing to do, and I'm only here for night two, and I missed him. No, if shit, if you could have picked one night, would it have been night two? So see, the, the thing is, both nights were pretty pretty good, pretty entertaining, but for, you know, for different reasons, really, because the Stone Cold part in night two happens at the tail end of Pat McAfee and Austin Theory, which included Vince McMahon himself coming ringside to, to represent his boy, Austin Theory, who's like his little lackey. So he's ringside the whole time, while Austin Theory and Pat McAfee put on a pretty damn good match. Uh, it seemed none of my friends watched NXT or knew what Pat McAfee was capable of. Because I was like, yeah, he can jump to the top rope. He can do all these things. Like, if you've seen his NXT shit, it's he's an impressive athlete and he basically did the same spots but on the biggest stage of them all and i knew it was coming i was like oh god austin theory's propped up at the top The pat's gonna do it he's gonna do the jumping thing to the top and he's gonna support them and i'm so nervous because what you don't want to fuck that up not on the biggest stage fucking foot slips or you got a wet rope maybe austin theory you know Wipes his arm accidentally on the top rope. Now he slips and falls. Like there's so many things that could go wrong. Oh, you only see horror podcasts. You want to talk about scary? That just thinking about that gives me shivers. Ooh, but he nailed it. Pat McAfee nailed it. His music was a Seven Nation Army, so like people pop for that. He's super over Beats Austin Theory. And then kind of challenges McMahon. He says, I'm not. I'm, I'm still here for a fight. You were talking some shit, old man. You want to go? You 76-year-old bastard. And Vince McMahon, outside the ring, looking at him like, you, you fucking serious? You want to go one-on-one with me? The chairman? All right. Pops the shirt off. Classic Vince McMahon tank top, which was awesome. And he's still, he's jacked. He's as jacked as you can pretty much be at that age he gets in the ring they get a ref ring the bell we've got a fucking match pat mcafee and vince mcmahon and just like kevin owens was gonna bump for steve you bumping for vince tonight oh you're gonna sell for vince you're selling for sue and he did as good as you you could both guys did the best that that situation presented uh mcafee just ran into bumps he would run at vince vince would give him a little clothesline or a punch and pat would bump his ass off and it was pretty pretty cool and i think vince gets the win here off some shenanigans i don't really remember because all i'm thinking is where this is leading to we're in texas Stone Cold was here the night before. I wanted Vince to come out for no real reason that night, just so we can have Steve Austin and Vince again. But they had that plan for night two, and I'm like, can we just wrap this bullshit part up so we can get Steve Austin? And there he 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 came, and Vince jumped the gun a little bit because they were late with playing Austin Theory's music. So when they played Austin Theory's music, Vince looked you know scared and shocked like oh not the music oh shit it's my guy's music all right uh, yeah we're back to celebrating and then the broken glass oh shit that music uh, and he, he sold the 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 terror the horror and no shit Vince is a good actor Vince has always been a very good actor terrible wrestler terrible performer in the ring but he is a very good actor and he sold it. Oh shit! You know, here comes Stone Cold, and Stone Cold didn't even take the fucking uh, four wheeler this time because the previous night, long ramp. WrestleMania's always had those long ramps. And I said, is Steve Austin gonna fucking walk all this? He came and walked side to side on the stage, and he had. This, and he ended up having a little little vehicle to get him down there. It was kind of sad. But at night two, he walked it. Vince walked it too, and I was terrified Vince was gonna fall. These guys are old. These guys are fucking old. But Steve Austin comes out night two, sees Vince in the ring. He's like, I'm coming for you, Vince. And Austin Theory takes a stunner. Really good sell, real fun. And then we have that one-on-one moment. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. One last time, Steve says, you're going to drink a beer with me. One last time. No, everything's fine. No shenanigans. Everything's cool. Let me get some of those Broken Skull beers. Broken Skull. And you know what happens. And actually it was fucking hilarious Because normally They open the beers You know They fucking Toast each other They both drink And then Stone Cold's gonna Kick you in the gut Give you the stunner But (laughs) It's just uh, An adorable maneuver Uh, Vince Cracks open the beer And Stone Cold's ready to do the toast You know Like let's slam these together So we can get this Fun spot going And Vince like waves back. He's like Hang the fuck on and he takes little sips. He cracks it open, takes little sips of the beer. And he looks at Steve like, oh, shit. This is pretty good. Steve, your beer is pretty good. Like, he wa- he actually wanted to taste it before they did their silly thing because you're really not going to be tasting it too much in that situation. You're performing a spot. And he's like, oh, shit, Steve, this is pretty good. And that's a commercial right there. Let me crack this open, have a couple sips. Look at the guy whose beer it is and go, God damn, your beer's very good. I thought it was just kind of cute. And then, of course, they toast. Steve kicks him in the gut for setting him up for the stunner. And, of course, we get a classic Vince McMahon can't take a stunner to save his life moment. He couldn't even get set up for the stunner. Normally, he kind of shits the bed, during the taking of the move but he couldn't even get set up for it he's stumbling backwards he's bouncing off the ropes Austin's trying to straighten him up and he's counteracting the help it was a nightmare barely gets the stunner off Vince folds up terrified for his quads again I was like oh shit you're too old for this Uh, Steve laughs it off you have no other choice but to laugh it off in that moment um, gets the beer, more celebration and you can see him say at one point he's on the turnbuckle celebrating, he's like, motherfucker you know, just like, what What can you do at that point what, what do you do, what do you say you roll past it, you laugh it off, you say oh, motherfucker, damn it Vince um, but honestly I wouldn't have had it any other way any other way Vince has to fuck that up so I'll take it what else happened at WrestleMania before we get to the true horror this week? And we've got some scary stuff. What Charlotte's titty kept popping out. And I was mostly focused, I mean, that happens. And I was mostly focused on how they were trying to censor it. Like they would go cut to black and do all these things. It's like, no, 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 we paid for this. You don't get to go to black. If you want to cut to a wide shot, if you want to cut to the announcers, Godspeed. But don't you cut to black. Well, this isn't, we're not on TV. Get the fuck out of here with that. So I was annoyed by that. You know. And yeah, just wardrobe malfunctions happen. It's, it's usually the ladies. We never, we almost never see a dong. Almost never. And it's not like I want to see it. Kind of just because we never fucking see it. Like, the wiener it's such a wild creature how it's not escaping its habitat, its cage on a nightly basis, it always fucking baffles me, especially some of the outfits these fellas wear, of course. So, But yeah, you we know, got, got, got a little tittied at WrestleMania. We also had uh, Johnny Knoxville against Sami Zayn. We had the Jackass match. I don't think it was called the Jackass match, but it was the Jackass match, and that was one of the most entertaining DDT pro Fucking things I've ever seen in my life. If you've never seen uh, the promotion DDT, they kind of do matches like this where things are a little bit silly, uh, but also hard hitting. Because they did this match. Yeah, they had their little stunts and their little jackass moments, but all of it was hard hitting. None of it was soft. All the punches and slaps and stuff were were real. Cause you're not gonna don't go soft on Johnny Knoxville he's gonna be very upset he's there to take a beating you hit me for real slap me for real kick me in the dick for real we're doing all these things and it, it, that one, that match was super super entertaining Wee Man comes out does a body slam he was Jesus Christ after Austin that might have been the biggest pop of the night fucking got in there and he fucking jumps into the ring too and I was like I don't even know how this little guy's gonna get up in this ring but he just whoop Fucking Christ. A little bit of an athlete. And does the body slam. And I said, yeah, he's definitely a bit of an athlete. Good for him. Uh yeah, so super, super cool match. Main event was Brock and Roman in a titled Unification match. The Raw title and the SmackDown title. Winner takes all. Looks like Roman got fucked up a little bit. Roman got fucked up a little bit. I think uh something with his triceps or separated something uh, so they kind of had to call an audible it ended a little prematurely and he took the victory and I'm kind of glad it ended early because I didn't need 20 more fucking false finishes 15 F9s and 17 Superman punches and I just didn't need that so I'm not happy the guy got hurt but I'll, I'll take the short finish for sure but overall WrestleMania 38 was a lot of fun. Now, WWE has their problems, for sure. But their pay-per-views tend to be pretty good because it's wrestling at that point. So you just let them do the wrestling, and it's pretty good. And WrestleMania almost always delivers in some manner, whether it's with these legends or these iconic spots and once-in-a-lifetime matches. And, yeah, they, they, they came through. That's probably the last we'll see of Steve Austin. Hopefully it's the last we see of The Undertaker. Even though he said it at his Hall of Fame, never say never. I'm like, can we? Can we try to say it? We can say it with never. No, never say if Saudi princes are hearing this, never say never too much money for me to come out there for you guys. So if you're a wrestling fan and you skipped Wrestlemania 38, I'm certainly not going to suggest like watching it because that's like seven hours of content and if you really wanted to see it, you would have. But check out some YouTube clips. That jackass match is definitely worth it. The Steve Austin stuff is worth it. And yeah, it's just a good time for wrestling. It's also a good time to be a horror movie fan. Obviously, we've got Halloween uh, ends coming out in a couple months and we've got Ty West X out right now I'm still waiting to hear when the prequel a pearl is coming out because I just really want to see that but you know scream six is on its way to you know Courtney cook Courtney corks Courtney Cox announced she's gonna be back for it which obviously you know makes sense so we're gonna be getting those announcements trickling in and it looks like final destination six is going to be heading to hbo max and you know we talked about final destination a month or so ago like there's, those movies are fun it's just silly little premise a simple little premise too and these people just try to avoid death but you can't and you get some fun kills out of it and what has me excited is It's going to HBO Max with John Max producing and the screenplay by the Scream 5 writers. So we've got some quality attached to this schlock, and that's one of my favorite combinations. Schlock plus quality. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. I don't think there's a date on Final Destination 6, but I'm always a big, big fan of when you when you get people who know horror, that appreciate it, uh, some competence, not like a first-time director. He did some music videos. I'm like, all right, so we went cheap. You know, sometimes you have to go cheap. I get it. But it looks like Final Destination 6, it's going to be something to look forward to. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, when, when that comes out, I don't even think they're fucking, I mean, they just announced the screenwriters. So I don't think it's coming out this year probably late 2023 would be my guess maybe halloween time for next year Um, but they're pretty quick man hbo max when they want something done they fucking find a way to fast track it they they will pay for the fast pass they're like how much is the fast pass because i have that i have that money i'm not waiting in line so final destination six I saw something on Reddit and I hate to just regurgitate Reddit shit, but it made me laugh so much and I want to know your take on this. So this was a post by local l- lanky lad. And he just had a question for the horror community. And the question was this. Why does Michael Myers eat dogs? Why does Michael Myers eat dogs? Local lanky lad, you are asking the the good questions here. Uh, the first response by uh, the uh, the one song Goku uh, said protein, I said he needs some protein. And look, I'm all about that protein, that sweet pea. But I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the the case. Our Frankie said not enough meat on cats. So he went. Uh, to, to the dogs, and I just want to know what you think. Is this a pure hunger? Like the man is just fucking got to eat? I always kind of looked at it as a twofer. One, yeah, I'm a little bit hungry, and two, shut this dog up, gotta take care of these dogs, they're gonna alert. The owners, the authorities, you got to get, you got to get them quiet. And as long as you're there, hmm, not too bad, not too bad. I've never had dog, don't know how it tastes, but I'm sure in that moment, Michael appreciates it. chunk rock basis said, LOL, no offense, but you know, he's insane, right? So he's just eating the dog out of insanity. Maybe, maybe. So let me know what your thoughts are. As far as why is he going after these dogs, and I've asked that question before. Jim and I have uh, talked about it because it's, it's always, it's always a little bit weird to me. He never steals actual food. He'll steal a weapon. He'll steal a mask. Uh, you know, he'll rob a fucking pharmacy, but he won't take a hot pocket or some deviled eggs. Even when, in Halloween Kills, when he's stabbing that guy in the back again and again. Ooh, another knife again. Ooh, another knife again. I would have loved if he opened up the fridge, like, all right, I'm out of knives. All right, what's in this fucking fridge, I guess? Oh, ooh, turkey. Very good. That would, that would have been great, because they kind of show him patching his wounds. Show the band fucking throwing a, a Hungry Jack in the microwave going, whew, I'm having a hell of a night. I'm gonna need some energy. Oh, hang on here. Cyberpunk IQ84 says the real answer is he didn't eat the dog. It's just Loomis talking out of his ass. Michael just spent the last 15 years eating regular meals at the facility, so unless they've been feeding him dog, I don't think he's got the taste for it. Also, the time between his escape and the end of the movie is about 24 hours. People fast for that long with no problem. He was definitely not hungry enough to eat a dog. I can accept that he killed the dog since we've already seen that he has done that. But eat? Not likely. He probably killed the dog and some rats started eating the corpse and scrambled when Loomis and Sheriff Brackett got there. So, ooh, interesting. So, ooh, he's saying he just did the kill and rats, which are always taking the heat. Rats started the plague. No, they didn't. Educate yourself. Always blaming the rats for what the rats got to him. Okay, I, I, I like the logic behind the theory. And then he even puts the excerpt uh, from the movie script where we all all we get is Loomis guessing that Mike lit the duck. So here we go. Loomis says, What is it? Bracket says, A dog still warm. He got hungry. Come on. A skunk could have killed it. Could have. A man wouldn't do that. He isn't a man. Is that's not in the movie? A skunk could have killed it. Thank you, Cyberpunk IQ eighty four for this little excerpt from the the script. Because I've read the script, but I don't remember this line. Uh, come on, Loomis. A skunk could have killed it. What the fuck? What kind of dog was it? I remember it being like an average sized dog. It wasn't a poodle or anything. At least my memory, once again, if I'm wrong, anchor.fm/slash revolt pod, let me know your theories on that. But yeah, I think he's taking chunks out of them because then they even do it again. And this was, uh, but the, the, they do it again in Halloween 2018? Halloween kills? They do it in one of the new ones. He's eating dog again because they remembered that from the first movie. So they're like, he's just fucking eating dogs. He likes dogs. So yeah, let me know what you think on that. Now, let's take a look at 10 nearly forgotten slasher villains from horror movies. And this is a list. Who the fuck's beep beeping? This, <laughs> this is a list uh, from my good friends at ScreenRant.com. Just the, the highest of quality there so let's take a look at 10 nearly forgotten slashers if they're underrated overrated are they forgotten so, so i guess that's the that's the crux of this they're nearly forgotten so they been fucking pussed out there you could have just said 10 underrated villains and really gone for it or 10 forgotten slashers no 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 we went 10 nearly forgotten slasher villains from horror movies let's take a look let's see what we think number 10 of a nearly forgotten slasher villains from horror movies. Number 10, Pamela Voorhees. We're, we're, we might do a speed run through this, if that's what we're fucking doing. One of the most iconic horror villains of all time. Yeah, sometimes it slips past people like, oh, that's right, Jason was not in the first one, it was the mom, but we all know about the mom. We all know. Number nine, Harry Warden from My Bloody Valentine. And this one I agree with. And I haven't seen this list yet. But this one I do agree with. Harry Warden from My Bloody Valentine. When I grabbed this list, I was actually hoping that he would make the list here, and I'm glad he did. Probably deserves a higher spot on it. But yeah, I, I agree with that. We're probably also gonna see well we see my man from Tourist Trap on this list. Mm. will pumpkin head make this list let's find out let's go to number eight number eight nearly forgotten slashers victor crowley from hatchet i disagree he's one of the more modern slasher villains And, and people know about victor crowley the people know about hatchet and their three movies and danielle harris being in there looking real nice looking real nice and we know Kane Hodder played Victor Crowley like if you're a horror person you know all those things whether you like those movies or you don't you know about Victor Crowley come on number 7 jester from puppet master I will go with this one I wouldn't even say nearly forgotten I will say 100% completely forgotten jester from puppet master I don't, I'm trying to The title goes to The Forgotten Fool that is Jester. In the original film, Jester was written as the brains of the outfit, but as the series went on, Blade assumed the position due to popularity. Yeah, Blade, I recognize. Jester, I do not, and I haven't seen Puppet Master in many, many, many years, possibly even decades. Um, So, yeah, I would agree with that, and that sucks. You go from the brains of the outfit, and now this guy Blades is taking all your fucking screen time. That's rough. Number six, The Phantom from The Town That Dreaded Sundown. I'll also go with this one. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. And I think it's because of the generic, you know, pillowcase look. Jason figured it out real quick, said, I don't know about this gimmick, brother. If you're going to put a mask on me, put a good mask on me. Uh, fucking potato sack isn't going to do it. Um, so I do I do say... That the Phantom from the Town That at Sundown is definitely nearly forgotten, <clears throat> except for the, the diehards like us. But yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. And I think even in the remake, <clears throat> excuse me, they didn't do anything particularly new or creative with the look. Number five, Edward Lionheart from Theater of Blood. Oh, <laughs> a Vincent Price uh, role here. Theater of Blood, I I think I've seen it once, Um, I mean, Vincent Price did like a hundred fucking horror movies, he could be this whole list, and you go, oh yeah, he did that, oh yeah, he did that, Um, so what a fucking rub, what a spot on the list for Edward Lionheart, who is a Shakespearean actor scorned by his critics who vows revenge and reaps it in darkly comedic ways. I do remember that. Uh, It takes some serious creativity to tie Shakespeare plays to murder methods, but Theater of Blood does it with pride. It's easily the most overlooked horror comedy on this list. We'll see how many horror comedies you have on the list. Let's go to number four, The Hag from Curtains. I'm just going to read this one. Similar to Theater of Blood, Curtain stars an insulted actor as the protagonist. This time, the victims are not a panel of critics, but the competition for a coveted film role armed with a witch mask and scythe. Ooh, scythe did not make the March Madness tournament. Uh, The hag picks off her victims one by one in the ultimate dive into method acting. I don't think I've seen curtains. I have not seen curtains, so I'm going to... Take a step back from this one. Um, I, you can't forget what you never knew about. You know? Number three. The Outcasts from The Final. Have you seen The Final? I don't know if I have. I'm not recognizing this lady. Um, yeah, we're just going to... Let, let me know what you think, uh, your thoughts are on The, the Outcasts. Here we go, number two for nearly forgotten slasher villains. Gunther from the Fun House, um, which I do enjoy this movie, The Fun House. It's a Toby Hooper movie, and yeah, Gunther wears a uh, monster mask, a Frankenstein mask, and he does he does some fun shit in there. I don't think he deserves a spot on the list, so this isn't best forgotten slasher villains this is just people villains that people forgot and i think there's probably good reason for people to have forgotten gunther i love the fun house but he's not an all-timer but let's get to an all-timer possibly here with the number one spot of 10 nearly forgotten slashers marvelous mervo from blood harvest With his friendly nature, famous falsetto, and tendency to break out into song, Tiny Tim sounds like the last person you'd ever expect to suddenly snap and become a killer clown. But here we have Blood Harvest, where a seemingly friendly clown stalks a beautiful girl and murders her friends one by one. The film is self-aware and cheesy, but Mervo is definitely one unhinged character who doesn't leave us after the credits have rolled, especially with that catchy theme song. Have I seen Blood Harvest? I, you know, I want to thank Screen Rant. I want to thank this list. I want to thank the author of said listicle, Zach Gass, Which that sounds familiar. I think we might have done something that you've done before. By, but but um, there's some movies here that I'm not terribly familiar with, and I love that. So I want to let's. Here, here's some homework, guys. We've got homework for next week. We are going to talk Puppet Master. Just a little bit. Let's get a refresher course. We're going to talk. I don't want to watch Theater of Blood. We're going to talk. Curtains. If you can get your hands on curtains, it looks like a somewhat modern movie in the last you know five to ten years, so hopefully it's on one of these streamings. And we're going to talk blood harvest so let's try to to get our hands on these dvds these streaming passwords and and give them watch blood harvest looks fun according to that art curtains and puppet master because you know sometimes you just got to watch puppet masters nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that um why does michael myers eat dogs Fuck. What the fuck. Alright, let's plug it up. Let's plug it up here. Actually, but before we plug it up, small announcement. April, this month of April will be the last month of the Slasherville podcast. We're officially hanging them up. We are leaving our boots in the middle of the ring like Triple H. We're leaving our machetes in the middle of the campgrounds there. Jim got a head start on it a couple months ago, but after 10 plus years, it is time. Uh, We almost called it, you know, when Jim left, but people were like, I guess that's the end of the podcast. So I kept doing it solo out of spite, because that's what I do. Um, But my vocal cords are so tired. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. I got these old bones. Uh, Hard to do a one-man podcast, and it's taking me from my writing and stuff, and guys, I love you to death, but I just can't have that. Uh, So we're gonna finish out April, and we're gonna finish it strong, starting with this homework. Three more episodes after this one here, and I'm sure Jim will be uh, available for the last episode. Hopefully I can get him on board. I know where you live. I know where you live. So three episodes after this, patrons, will still get their goodies this month, of course. Then there will be no new content after that, but enjoy that backlog and this month's movie, which will not disappoint. Going out big, one of my favorites. If you had three guesses, you'll probably get it right. Either we've done it, I mean, what haven't we done? Um, so yeah, we're gonna finish strong here in April, and then that's going to be it. And you guys will have to find Some other podcast buddies. Or maybe you're relieved. You're like, oh, fucking thank Christ. One less podcast. I'm in too deep. I have to listen every week. Well, we we are setting you free. And yeah, so three more episodes left. Um, Ten plus years. God damn, it hurts. I want to keep that streak going. We never missed a week. Never missed a week. We're episodes late from time to time, of course. But we never miss that week. That's, that's a fucking run that's a stretch fucking podcast trailblazers over here that not many people listen to um, so yeah watch those movies for homework next week and these final three episodes are gonna be hopefully some bangers some bangers and actual plugs here follow us at follow me at Dale Zawada Instagram, YouTube, Twitter follow Jim At James Jr. Music. Otherwise, that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. You know we love you, and we're going to miss you. I'm Jester.